Hey everyone, um, this is another episode of Capstan with Candace, and I am Candace. Um, <laughs> a little bit about myself, I am a fourth year biomedical engineering student at Georgia Tech, and I am taking senior design this semester, and because I host a podcast, I thought it would be a very good time or a very convenient time to sort of document my process so that other people can sort of um, experience what capstone is like through my eyes uh, before they have to take it or before like if they don't have to take it at all and they're just curious. Um, the topic that I wanted to talk about in this episode is interviewing users. Um, it's a very important aspect of any sort of product design um, because you know you're not most likely you're not creating a product just for yourself. Or just for one person. I mean, you might be, but more than likely you're doing it for multiple users. And so it's very important to get those opinions and ideas from uh, the user groups that who will be using that product. Um, and so the first step would obviously be figuring out who your users are. And there are always different groups. Like it's never just one group. Um, so it could be like patients, doctors, researchers, lab technicians, Nurses will have a different um, view on it than doctors do. Caregivers of patients, uh, and it also matters if they're if patients are adults or if they're kids. Um, and so, figuring out who your user group and like trying to understand what their view is is very important because each user group is going to have different priorities and a different idea of their ideal device. So you have to figure out everyone's priorities and everyone's view on your idea. Um, so in terms of like actually finding those users, then after you've figured out your user groups, you need to find users to talk to. And so if you have connections like doctors or researchers, like you have parents who are in the medical industry, that sort of makes it a little bit more convenient but um, hospital websites and a lot of university websites will have like names and, and contact information of people of interest. So um, you could look at Emory University and figure out who is in their oncology department. And you can and they always have contact information like phone number or or email or at least a contact number of how to reach the department. And so that's a very, I guess, a much easier way of finding um, people to talk to. But also if this like private practice, then you can also contact those people. If you read any papers, any literature that's of interest, it might also be a good idea to contact them as well because more than likely they've done substantive research into the area that you're looking at if you're reading their paper. Patients are a bit different because... Unless you know patients personally or you know people who have relatives or friends um, of the patient group that you're looking at, it's going to be pretty difficult because doctors can't give you names, nurses can't give you names. There's a lot of patient confidentiality. And so you'll have to find them yourself. And so my group sort of had the unfortunate situation where, uh, so our project is to do with cystic fibrosis. And um, so our patient user group are, are patients with cystic fibrosis and or their caregivers. And 
it's difficult because we don't, none of us knew anybody with cystic fibrosis or knew anyone who knew anyone with cystic fibrosis. And so we sort of had to take to alternative means of finding our users whom we were going to be talking to. And so we took to the internet. Uh, So we went through social media. We went through a lot of blogs and support groups and like posting, uh, trying like advertising is a very impersonal way of saying it. But yes, you're advertising because you want people to talk to. And luckily for us, the cystic fibrosis community is really involved. Um, Like one of the researchers that we talked to said that about 80% of cystic fibrosis patients are undergoing a clinical trial. They're very involved and they're very passionate about maintaining their life and like caring for themselves. It's a very strong community. And so... We were we were able to find people to talk to. And like there are a lot of blogs um, where people talk about like their daily struggles with having like some symptoms or any sort of struggles or using devices. And so those people with like blogs and who like are actively participating in a community like that, they're they're more likely to talk to you if if they're already like sharing and are already passionate about it. And so we were very fortunate to be able to find um a lot of people who were interested in in our project and what we were doing. And so we had a lot of great um, interactions uh, with some patients. But a difficult thing is like kids. It isn't really ethically sound to uh, interview kids. There's just a lot of gray. I don't want to say gray because it's more... Eh. I don't want to say that it's neutral because it's more worse than neutral. But yes, don't interview kids because you could get into trouble for that. Alternatively, you can talk to the caretakers, so like the parents. For us, um, most adults with cystic fibrosis will grow up with cystic fibrosis. And so they were able to give us feedback on like they can think back of when they were a kid and experiencing symptoms or using certain devices. And they were able to give us feedback on like what it was like then and like how how much of a struggle it was as a kid. And so that was, and they were able to tell us like if they were a kid now um, and if they had to use our device, how would they would feel about it? And so that was a little bit of an easier method for us in terms of getting a child's perspective, but it might be a lot more difficult for other people. For I mean, for other like um, user, patient user demographics in terms of meeting them. Always opt for meeting them in person if you can. There are a lot of things that you can miss, like even a reaction to like seeing something like a suggestion. They could give a reaction to that. And even though they like might say something, they might actually feel something else. I'm not sure how I would get an example of that. But you just catch a lot more when you're doing it in person. And when you are doing it in person, it's always good to ask whether they would mind if you took notes or like recorded the meeting because it, it's polite. It's it's polite. And they're taking their time out of their of their normal lives to talk to you. So um, it's always good to ask whether you can do something um, uh, before you actually do it. Um, and it might actually be a really good idea to bring like a little, I have like a little USB voice recorder. It's not great quality. It's like it was maybe $16 on Amazon. If you missed something, then you could just play it back. And it also, it would, 
you wouldn't have to always be writing, like concentrate on writing. You can concentrate more on the conversation. Always make sure to have a conversation and don't phrase your questions like a survey because I think you also miss a lot of things. And if someone's more comfortable talking to you about something, they'll give you more information. Like they'll just, they're more likely to give you information than just like answering a question. So, and also the conversations are almost always very interesting. I've never had a boring conversation with a patient or a doctor. So it's always very interesting. You always find out new things. And open-ended questions are also very important. It's it's a lot better. Uh, you get more of an opinion than just like a statistic. I mean, you could do surveys. It's a very efficient way to get statistics and like a very quick rundown of I guess like a poll, but uh, conversations are always better unless you just need volume and statistics, in which case a survey might be better um, if you don't have the manpower or the time, which is definitely a, a factor when you're doing senior design. I don't know why we have it in one semester. It is a really short time, especially when like we need to figure out like with FDA and design concepts like brainstorming for us is one week and I think that's ridiculous I think following up is also a really good thing to do I tend to like doing it through email uh, because I can ask them questions uh, follow-up questions like if they said something and I wanted and I like thought of a question later on then I could ask it but also um, I like to send people like if they ask if I like to send them links and resources like one of the one of the patients that I talked to wanted some literature on what we were doing so I sent her a link of a of an article it wasn't to do with cystic fibrosis but it was related but like the process was used for breast cancer and so I sent her that link and she she thanked me for it but I think it's 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 good to keep in touch because later on when you're prototyping and you need user feedback like this is a terrible design I would never use this then that that would be very important to have that established relationship so keeping in touch is a good thing um, I think it's always good to follow up with someone if they've taken out time to talk to you. I think that's all that I really wanted to talk to you about interviewing users. Well, we only went through like our first round of interviews because we haven't gotten into prototype stage yet in Capstone. But so I might end up talking more about interviewing users about prototypes. But for now, this is this is all that I really needed to say or all that I really wanted to say about interviewing users. It's the end of the segment, and so something every every episode I say something that I'm excited about or something that I'm not excited about or something something not entirely related, but more me. So something that I'm excited about is following up with our users with our ideas because when we talked when we talked to some patients about our idea, like the overarching idea, they were really excited and it was it was kind of a little bit heartbreaking having to tell them that like there's a possibility that it might not be, you know, on market for another several years. Like the research isn't there and there's also like FDA. And so I think I am very excited to uh, begin prototyping and following up with them with what steps we're taking um, over the next few weeks. Well, anyway, 
Thank you all so much for listening. If you have any questions, any concerns, any comments, please leave a comment and follow the What's the Buzz podcast. It would be really nice. Our numbers are going up every week and it's 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 very self-fulfilling to to see the graph and the positive slope of of how many listen listens, how many people are listening. So, um, yeah, any questions, comments, leave a comment. Uh, the website is gtbme.libsyn.com. So be sure to leave a comment or a suggestion. You can leave a suggestion too, and I can, I'll answer it or someone else will answer it. If, if I can answer it, then yeah, I'll answer it. If you have any suggestions on a podcast, also leave that too. And I'll be sure to try to get to it or one of my associates will try to get associate colleagues colleague one of my colleagues will get back on it if i'm not able to but anyway thank you for listening this is capstone with candace and i am candace see y'all later